Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Brandon Wright about focus on progress, not perfection. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injuries, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. All of them are available on Amazon. And additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can also learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Brandon Wright, and he was born and raised in rural Utah, and he is a TBI survivor, motorcycle enthusiast, and small business owner. Brandon suffered a TBI in his third year of college when he was hit while riding his motorcycle to class. After many years of treatment and countless doctor appointments, he considers himself mostly recovered. As a marketing strategist and founder of Loud LLC, Brandon works with companies of all sizes, providing clients with search, social, and guerrilla marketing services. He believes that many TBI survivors can find solace by focusing on the progress that they have made instead of seeking perfection. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. I am so happy to have you here today. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to talk to you today. Yeah, and I'm really excited about our topic today because I believe it could be the mantra for life, right? Focusing on progress, not perfection, and super applicable in the TBI world, but, you know, it's applicable anywhere in our life as well. So, Brandon, why don't we start by having you share with our listeners today um, just a little bit more about your injury and how, how it happened. Yeah, so um, like like you mentioned, I was riding my motorcycle uh, up to uh, you know college where I had a class later that day, when a car uh, took a left hand turn out in front of me and I ended up hitting the car. Um, woke up and I was underneath the car, and then next thing I know, I'm mm. getting put into an amb- an ambulance. So there was, mm-hmm. uh, and I wasn't wearing a helmet, which is probably a little more 
you know, uh, important to note here for especially this podcast. There was a fair amount of physical, um, you know, broken bones, uh, burns, et cetera, and then also everything that went along with my, my brain injury. Yeah, yeah. So um, were you, like, in and out of consciousness? It sounds like, you know, you were aware that you were under the car, but um, were you fully conscious yeah. or kind of in and out? No, I was I was definitely in and out. So I um, – on the initial impact, I went unconscious, and then I briefly regained consciousness while I was under the car. And then uh, the next time I regained consciousness, I was outside of the car, and the you know paramedics were there talking to me. And that was the last time that mm-hmm. I, I lost consciousness. But I was out for mm-hmm. uh, you know several several minutes, probably at least five minutes, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your recovery and what that looked like. And, you know, I, I'm assuming you were hospitalized. Yeah, definitely. So I was uh, taken to, I was air flighted to a hospital um, and I spent a month there mostly focusing on, you know, my, my bones and burns and et cetera, and, and really rehabbing from that. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think it was assumed by the doctors that I'd have a brain injury, but just being on that much uh, medication, you know, that many opioids, you you don't really notice it. <laughs> you know, I was definitely yeah, right. <laughs> and I was experiencing brain fog, but I didn't know what to attribute it to. And, and honestly, I just kind of had to take a backseat to everything else that I was dealing with. Yeah. So after getting out of the hospital, um, you know, I went home and tried to re-enroll in college for the next semester. And that's when I really, I realized like the extent of my, my brain injuries. I was falling asleep in class. I was, you know, I'd I'd try and read and, and I would just read 10 pages and, and not remember a single thing I read. And I was forgetting assignments and just, you know, everything that goes along with the TBI. And what year was this, Brandon? So this was, uh, and uh, this was, was 21 so this was 2011 2011 um yeah you know and it's so common especially with car motorcycle accidents um i hear all the time that you know they're obviously focusing on the acute injuries right the the bones and you know any internal injuries etc um but then often they're sent home and I mean, they may have mentioned brain injury, but they just kind of glossed over it. And often it's not even mentioned. Um, and people go home and they're like, what's going on? Like, you know, like you, you can't remember what you were reading and brain fog and, you know, just all these other things that are happening. And it's like, what, what's happening to me, right? And I just wish mm-hmm. that doctors and hospitals could just be a little more upfront with like, look, you've had a brain injury and these are some things to watch for, right? Like I just wish that they were a little more forthcoming with all of that. And if you do have these symptoms, you know, seek out this, this or this professional, right? Um, Yeah. So in your case, in your case, what, you know, what did you do? You're having trouble reading, the brain fog, fuzziness. Um, what, what did you do? Did you seek out someone or how, you know, what transpired? Yeah, so uh, once I, I kind of admitted to myself that I had a, a problem and 
and started talking about it, the first thing I did was totally freak out. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> oh, my God, am I going to – is this going to be my life forever? Right. Like, what am I going right. to do? Um, I had all these plans that I'm just not going to be able to, like, fulfill now. Um, so, yeah, first thing is I just admitted it and started talking about it. And it had been something that I was prompted for early on, but had never – it wasn't really mentioned in any of the doctors I was seeing at the time. So I started talking to the doctors they made a couple of referrals and eventually started seeing some, some specialists. And I would say that uh, one thing I did that I was really happy about is I, if I went to see a specialist and it, I, I wasn't, wasn't vibing with them or I wasn't seeing any results, uh, I moved on pretty quickly and got a new referral. And I think that was one thing that was really, really helpful because not all doctors were, are created equal and, and certainly not mm-hmm. all, um, you know, especially in this, in this, uh, you know, specialty of, of, of brain injuries. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think you just really nailed an important point that if you're not getting the answers you need, or you're not seeing any sort of progress, you know, chances are you need a different specialist or a different doctor. Um, and it's completely acceptable to move on and find a different doctor. I think so many people feel stuck, like, oh, I have to stay with them. They're my doctor. Um, but you absolutely have the right to shop around. And, you know, unfortunately, our healthcare system, um, you know, our, our health insurance system is so messed up um, that sometimes you can't go see another doctor, you know, if you want it covered. Um, but there's a ways around that, right? Like, you can pay out of pocket. There's, you know, there's, there's ways around it. Um, and in, in your case, I'm, I'm curious cause I know with a motorcycle, you personally wouldn't have any, um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the insurance that covers your bodily harm, but because it was the other person's fault did cover some of your rehab. Yeah. So yes and no, um, in the in the long term, they absolutely did cover anything that I, I needed. Um, but what people don't think about, and what what I really wish was different, is that in the short term, you know, you're just kind of on your own. So yeah. any medical bills that I had for the first five years, honestly, is how long it took. Uh, anything that I had for the first five years came out of my insurance or out of pocket. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said all of them got paid on time. In fact, I would say Mm -hmm. most of them didn't get paid on time. And it's kind of, you know, a trade-off that I had to make. Like, I'm going to ruin my credit score, but focus on getting Mm -hmm. as healthy as I can as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, super, super uh, unfortunate. But but I'm really glad that I made that decision because, you know, credit scores can be repaired and, um, right, but you know your your health is 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 mo- way more important than whether or not you hundred percent, <laughs> right? And you know, and I think that's real talk, right? Like people need to understand they're not alone if they're in this situation. Um, you know, I was in a similar situation. I had to pay everything up front. Um, some of my doctors were willing to like defer. Um, my payment until, you know, I, I had a settlement, my settlement came through and then they were paid, um, you know, but, but there's, there's always options. And I, I encourage everyone to consult with a lawyer, whether it was your fault or not, right? Like consult with a lawyer, see, see what your options are to help you. Um, 
because it is, it's so important to take care of yourself. Um, you know, I, I know it can be hard when you're worrying about the finances, but it is, it's critical to take care of you first. <laughs> you can always rebuild that credit, like you said. Yep, exactly. Um, and one quick note about the, the lawyer. So I got lucky and I, I got a pretty good lawyer right out the gate and they were one of my biggest medical advocates, it turns out, um, because they, they knew, you know, what someone in my situation was going through what had helped other people and what may be helpful to me. So I would say with, without my lawyer, like I wouldn't have gotten in touch with even half of the mm-hmm. medical providers that I did. And since mm-hmm. they have that relationship with them, they were able to, you know, um, work out deals kind of on the back end for them to get paid later on rather than up front. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important. Um, and so, you know, you, you state that you feel like you're mostly recovered. Were you able to finish out your college? I know this happened in your third year. No, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to finish. I, I mentioned, I think, that I, I had to drop out that first semester that I went back. And, I, you know, re- technically I'm on a leave of absence still, I think. But in all reality, I, I'm, a, I'm a college dropout. And, you know, I don't envision that I'll ever go back. And, you know, quite, quite frankly, I don't think that I, I could, you, you know, I, 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 I'm mostly recovered, but again, if I start reading a textbook, I'll be asleep before you know it, or I won't remember it. Um, so yeah, I think that it's just kind of, you know, not the plan that I had, but it's, it's my reality now and it's, it's working out just fine. Well, and you have persevered, and you now have your own marketing company. Um, so I think people would be really interested to hear how you were able to make that work for you. Because I get asked it all the time, like, how do I do what I do? Um, and, you know, it, it does. It takes some perseverance. It takes, um, you know, some extra positive attitude some days. Um, so tell a little bit about your journey of starting your business with a brain injury. Yeah, so after I felt like I was, you know, fairly recovered or at least like I could I could function, I, I reentered the workforce and I, I took a, you know, an entry-level job and really just earned my stripes for eight years, increasingly taking on more responsibility when I could and uh, using it as my replacement for college, you know. So instead of just yeah. working nine to five, I'd, I'd work nine to five and then, uh, you know, take – online classes or certifications or read industry blogs for, uh, you know, until five to seven every day and just put in that extra time. And, and that was kind of my replacement to, for, for college. And, you know, eventually doing that long enough, you develop a reputation, you know, you become someone that people know that you'll deliver on projects and get results and build your network and kind of came to a point when it was a pretty easy transfer actually to, go out on my own because I knew that I, I could count on clients coming with me. Mm-hmm. And how have you been able to manage, um, you know, your TBI symptoms with work? Like, I don't know, in your case, um, 
you know, I know a lot of people can only work limited hours with their brain injury because they, they, you know, they hit that fatigue wall. I don't, I don't know if that was one of your symptoms or not, um, but how do you kind of manage that work-life balance living with a TBI? Yeah, that fatigue wall is absolutely a real thing, and that is, <laughs> that's something that if I tell people who don't know about TBIs, if I mention that, I get no sympathy. Uh, but I think right. they just don't understand how, how real no. and how powerful that is. Um, so mm-hmm. my way that I combat that is I like to mix up the types of work that I'm doing and then front load it to the hours of the day that I'm going to be more productive. So mm-hmm. just as an example, I like to start my work day really early on, as early as possible because I'm, uh, I'm fresher and I, I'm not fatigued yet. But once I do hit the fatigue wall, I'll take a little break, take the dog for a walk, and then move into a different type of work where maybe before I was working on, you know, being an independent contributor to a project, the second half of the day I'll make phone calls or something like that. Just I find that if I switch up what I'm doing, I can kind of push through that fatigue there. Um, And similarly to that, all of the skills that I was taught by my doctors uh, when I was, you know, first diagnosed with TBI, those come in really handy, <laughs> you know, so like the to-do list strategies, um, the setting the, the calendars and setting the reminders and, you know, always putting things in the right place, just bringing those, um, those tactics and strategies from my personal life into my work life help out a lot. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree with, you know, you've got to kind of learn – where your strong points are and where your um, optimal times are. Uh, For me, I'm best, like 10 to 2 is really my sweet spot. Um, By 2 o'clock, I feel like I need a nap. Some days I get one, some days I don't. But I'm definitely not as productive in the afternoon. Um, And then in the evening, I am sometimes a little bit productive as well. Like I might be watching TV and doing like maybe emails or something that doesn't take a ton of brain power, right? Um, And so I might get a little bit more done in the evening as well. Uh, And I think that's one of the bonuses of being self-employed is you can work when it suits you. Um, Obviously, you might have to schedule appointments around a client schedule, but, you know, you can – kind of do the work when you when you feel it at your prime throughout the day uh would you agree brandon oh a- absolutely absolutely without a doubt there's it's most evenings that i will after i've had a chance to reset i i'm the exact same way answering emails doing you know little things or trying to get that last bit of burst of creativity while i watch tv that's extremely common and it's not because i'm you know, trying to grind at all hours of the day. It's just, uh, like you said, striking when the iron's hot. When you feel like you can complete the work, you do it at that point. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your your topic of today of focus on progress, not perfection. Tell us what that means to you. Yeah, so... Focusing on progress over perfection is something that really helped me reframe this journey that, you know, this journey that I Mm -hmm. went through and it made it so much easier. Uh, So really it's exactly what it sounds like, but um, to kind of spell it out, I think that it's extremely important and extremely helpful 
for people to focus on just being better than they were last week rather than trying to benchmark themselves against who they were or what their capabilities were early on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about setting realistic expectations. You, know, you, you don't know where this journey is going to end. You don't know what you're going to look like when you get to the other side of this. And so why, why focus on that? Just focus on the small things every day, like small wins. Did I remember everything on mm-hmm. my grocery list? You know, did I, are my bills getting paid? Um, did I not have to look for my keys today? Things of that and, and setting those as your goal rather than, you know, for, in my case, I'm going to go back to college and, and graduate, which you know, wasn't really in, uh, in the cards and I let that go and focus on being better than I was yesterday. Man, things got a lot easier. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's also important to understand, like, so many of us want to get back to exactly where we were before our injury. And the reality is that some of us might not ever get there. Um, I know myself, I I say I'm about 90% recovered because I still have flare-ups. I will still get a headache. I'll still get brain fog. Um, I still will hit a fatigue wall. It's not every day. It's not nearly as often, but it still happens. Um, And, you know, it took me a solid, oh, gosh, three, four years to even feel like I was at 50% again. Um, And that was a huge gain for me. And then, you know, after I went through functional neurology program, um, I felt I got to maybe more like 70, 80%. And then to follow that treatment plan and doing my home exercises over the years, 90%. And I, you know, I think we have this unrealistic expectation that we can get back to 100% like in, in the snap of a finger, right? Like it takes time. It takes work. Just like you blow out a knee and, you know, you tear your meniscus, you, you know, have, have a physical injury. It takes time, right? Like we don't, we know a broken bone, six to eight weeks on crutches, right? Like, we know that and we've come to accept that. But with brain injury, we just expect like this overnight recovery. Um, and, you know, we're setting ourselves up for failure when, when we approach it that way. So having this progress over perfection attitude, I think, can just make it, it gives you permission um, to, to just, you know, take it with a grain of salt and have some resiliency, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it really sets you up for success. Uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. there's this, uh, it almost puts you into this flywheel effect where if you take a, like more of a positive mental attitude, it makes you feel better. When you feel better, you do better. And when you do yeah. better, you feel better. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. super self reinforcing. And you need that. If you're going to get through this and eventually get to the other side or to a point where you feel comfortable, you really you need that because it, this isn't the type of thing where you just do A, B, C, D, E, and then, bam, you're cured. That, that journey mm-hmm. looks better right. or, or different, rather. It looks different for everybody. And you don't yeah. know what your steps are going to be until you get there, you know? So you can't plan out what – a, B, C, mm-hmm. D, E and is, you just have to go, get to A and then get to B and then get to C, you know, and it, you don't know exactly. where you're going to go, but you just have to do it with a smile on your face. 
Yeah. And like you said, no two recoveries are going to be the same. And, you know, it's just like I've shared this before, but like two people can be in the same car accident, right? And one can suffer significant brain injury symptoms while the other one has pretty minimal symptoms. And, you know, it's, it's baffling, right? You were, in, you were subjected to the same injury, essentially. Um, and, you know, I've seen pretty mild injuries take years to recover where seemingly very serious injuries recover quickly. So, you know, there's just no one way that works. Right? It's, it's, Every injury is different. Every recovery is different. And so you cannot measure your progress against somebody else's. It's just, it's not, it's not a fair um, uh, um, comparison. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You just have to measure yourself against who you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the only, yeah. that's the only comparison you should ever worry about making. And, and then you got to realize some days are going to be better than worse. And to, to not mm-hmm. let that get you down too much. Um, well, yeah, and, uh, there's, oh, go ahead. There's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that there is, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how the brain works in this way, but I have I've heard and I believe it, that you tend to feel like losses three times worse than you, than you, than you feel gains. So, you know, if, if you're mm. feel like you're slipping in your progress, right. that's going to hurt you three times as bad as, um, any of your progresses feel good. And I, I just like to think about that and recognize that and, and use that to, uh, you know, maybe it's just try and rationalize the way that I'm feeling and get back to a, a, a more positive state. Yeah. Well, Brandon, we are just about out of time. And so I would love to wrap up by asking you just, you know, your final thoughts, your final words of wisdom for our listeners today. Yeah, um, so I would say if I was to give anyone just you know one piece of advice that, that no one's asking for really, but and that I haven't already <laughs> done, uh, I would say that one thing that really helped me is when I started asking other people for for help, uh, you know, along this journey, and specifically asking them to point out, you know, when I was progressing because I wasn't seeing it myself, mm. or ask them, you know, mm-hmm. maybe when I was getting a little grouchy and and. Just ask them for help. Say, hey, these are the these are the strategies that I'm trying to employ. If you see me not doing it, just let, let me know. You know, or, or point out if I'm being a little grouchy one day, or if you see me actually doing a really good job. Like, just please let me know because it's it's really difficult to recognize in your in yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's um, you know, we've been told to ask for help, but I like the idea of asking people to point out our gains or let us know when we're being, you know, like you said, a little grumpy Um, because it's good feedback. It helps us um, assimilate that to how we're feeling. Right. So um, really Mm -hmm. great advice. Thank you, Brandon. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it helps, uh, remind them what you're going through because it's not always a visible thing. Yeah. And people have the tendency to forget that, hey, you're, you're actually in, injured right now and, and I need to maybe make a little space for you. Mm-hmm. 
that's another really great point. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a great conversation. Uh, thank you for taking the time to be here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. Schedule your free consultation online. And as a reminder, you can find previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or directly at facesoftbi.com. And also, just a final reminder to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.